We got cookies back there. A round of applause for the goodie bringers. Are those Keebler? No, we was always. Wow. Okay. I'd like everybody's prayer for uh, this weekend. I'm going to be, I have a rather full weekend. Uh, Friday evening, I'm the speaker at the Cincinnati Royal Ranger Powwow. And I'm doing my uh, Quaker, uh, Jedediah, Jedediah Smith is going to be talking. And then he's back on Saturday night too. So I'll do the drama Friday night, come back, and then we've got men's prayer breakfast and uh, board meeting, and then I'll go back down and do the evening and come back for Sunday School Church. Well, yes, I've got a mind to tell you. Well, the theme of the Royal Ranger campout is uh, the power of the authority of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, die is going to talk about two aspects. Uh, Friday night, he'll be talking about uh, the... Uh, oh, there, there she is. Did you hear about the flamingos flying in? They were looking for me. I know. They were. <laughs> we were hoping you'd make it today, but you hadn't taken off for Kentucky. I think, the Lord, I think the Lord sent them here just for me. <laughs> they're not storks. They're not going to carry you off. You know. They're, they're I mean, just to give me some joy. Oh, okay. But uh, he'll be talking about how that. The way the Quakers got their name, are you aware of that? Mm-hmm. The uh, the Quakers, uh, they're actually the Society of Friends, started in the 1500s in England. And their founder, George Fox, uh, was very adamant about the fact that the Church of England and the Catholic Church and others had gotten away from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they were going with traditions of men rather than the Word of God. And so they they mocked uh, these friends, society of friends. They said, "They're they're anytime God speaks, they shake." And uh, so we'll just call them Quakers. And they even had scriptures as well. You know, when God spoke on Mount Sinai, the mountain quaked. And they're just they're just uh, uh, so caught up in what God says, they just quake. And they said, they said, we'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, you know that. So they became known as Quakers because also in their meetings, they wouldn't have a scheduled speaker. They waited until the spirit of the Lord came upon someone so heavily that they would quake and sometimes fall prostrate before the Lord and then have a message. So uh, we're going to be talking about the standing up for the the true word of God on Friday night at the drama, and then Saturday evening, <coughs> talking about how that the Quakers were involved in setting the slaves free and teaching the slaves English and the Bible and getting many of them saved. 
And it's a whole story uh, about how that they use the, the stories of the Bible and slaves being set free to teach them English and then also to give them coded messages of how to escape to freedom. So, swing low, sweet chair. And they would be singing out in the fields and they didn't realize, the owners didn't realize they were passing messages along about when the next group of people was come, going on the Underground Railroad. So it's, uh, I'll be sharing that down at uh, Cincinnati, but I'd appreciate your head uh, praying for me on my travels and on my uh, uh, dramas down there. They're not one, I've done portions of them, but never two different nights of the same character down there. Well, having said that, let's have a word of prayer and get started today. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for another opportunity to gather together. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are gathered here to study your word and allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us and instruct us. Father, we don't want to leave the same way we came. We want to leave closer to you and in the center of your will. We ask your blessing upon our study and our fellowship and our time of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We welcome those that are watching on the live stream. And we are studying prayer by the book, book by book through the Bible. And we are all the way up to the letter to the Philippian church. And this is one of those times when everything's coming into alignment. Uh, our morning class is in Philippians. Our evening class, we're still in Philippians. So uh, we're uh, working on that together today. So hopefully I don't get confused of which group I'm talking to. <laughs> Turn there, if you would, to Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse number 3. Paul is speaking to the Philippians, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all, y'all, with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as, as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both my, in my chains and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. So, those who have been with us in our Philippian study in the evening, uh, your eyes will gloss over. Actually, you ought to know a lot. You can answer a lot of questions this morning. Uh, there's certain things we know about this Philippian church and this letter to the Philippians. First of all, it all started with a women's prayer meeting. Uh, there was no synagogue, no large group of Jews in the area. So the women were meeting at the riverbank and down by the riverside. And they were having a prayer meeting. And Paul and Silas, and Luke was with them as well, Paul and Silas show up and begin to share Jesus with them. And anybody remember who the first convert was at the women's prayer meeting that Paul attended? 
a ladies' prayer meeting, a demon-possessed girl, the county jailer, and probably some of the prisoners that were there. And uh, the next day, they sent for, for Paul and says, he's not here. And they said, well, what happened? He says, well, he's, he's, he's right over there. He's a Roman citizen. And all the color drained out of the, these guys' face because they had, without a trial, beaten and publicly embarrassed a Roman citizen. And what, what were, if you were a Roman citizen, what did you have the right to do to the people that had falsely accused you and done that to you without a trial? Anybody know? Get back to them. What they did to you? Paul had the right, as a Roman citizen, to demand that they be publicly taken their clothes off and beaten with a rod and thrown in prison. But he didn't do it. So he, they said, well, why don't you just go away quietly? He said, no, I'm going to walk out the way I walked in. That was the beginning of the church at Philippi. Now, years later, Paul writes the letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He writes the letter back to the church that he started out of a prison experience. Any idea of where he's writing from? Prison in Rome. You know, he just goes from one to the other. He's writing from prison. But the interesting thing is that the theme of Philippians is joy. It's joy. We see it again and again and again and again and again. And we're going to look at that right now. Uh, the theme of the whole letter to a church who was born out of a prison experience, written from a guy who's in prison and written to a group of people that people are, are running away from the truth and he says let me talk to you about some joy so I need some people to read some verses here and uh, I have a bad time keeping track so you help me keep track of who's supposed to read what verse Okay. Philippians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 who'll do that one I'll do it well, I got Patsy. You got her hand up before you did. Get your hand up. Okay. Okay, Philippians 1, 25 and 26. I got it. Well, you didn't put your hand up. Oh. There you go. Okay, you got it. Philippians 2, 1 and 2. Okay, Mary Lou's got that. You really need to read a lot today because you're going to be away from it. <laughs> Philippians 4, 1. Okay, Shabbos got that. And then the word rejoice is found also. Philippians 1.18. Tom's got that. Philippians 2.14 and 15. Okay, Marcia's got that one. And then chapter 2, verse 27 through 30. You got that one, 20... Chapter 2, 27 through 30. Not done yet. Nah. 
chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Okay, you're going double duty there. And then chapter 4, verse 4. Tom's got that one. Oh, well, give it to Jim. He's not going to be here for a while. Yeah. We'll give that one to Jim. You may have that one. Okay, Jim, you've got it. Okay. okay, let's get back here. First of all, Philippians 1, 3, and 4. Making my request with joy. Now he's in prison, remember that. He's he suffered before. He's writing the letter. Uh, then Philippians 1, 25 and 26. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherness and joy of faith that you're rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me but by the coming of you again. Okay, joy and rejoicing in those two verses. Uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Okay. And then 4 1. Therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord for mine. And then <coughs> Philippians 1 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, and then chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 
because of the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Shame on. Well, he talks later. He, they weren't. He wasn't upset with them. Oh. They couldn't get to him because um, he was he was the messenger to bring the stuff to him. So he was sick. Uh, rejoicing, gladness again. And chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we are worship. We who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. Okay, then chapter 4, verse 4. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Mm-hmm. Four, four. Try that one again. 4-4. 4-4. 4-4. That I may make it manifest I'm in Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Praise God. 
And uh, boy, that's not an easy thing to do. That's right. It sounds good. It preaches sound sounds good, but we want to look at the prayer principle here today: praying with joy. Praying with joy. It starts off there with him praying with joy when he thinks of the believers there in Philippi and how that they're serving the Lord and standing fast and it brings him great joy. You're my joy and my crown. When every time I think about you and pray for you, I, I got joy in my heart. Do you have some people that bring joy to you because of how they're doing in Christ, how they're how they're serving the Lord? Yeah. It brings you joy. Can you think of any particular people? Yeah. Yeah. When you see the turnaround and and that she's she's following the Lord, serving the Lord, and uh, what you prayed for, and and to see that, experience that, when you pray, you're rejoicing. Amen. 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 Rejoicing. Yeah. That's in chapter three, verse four. It says, "Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of concision." What is concision? They are the Judaizers. They are the ones who are following Paul around who are trying to make people Jewish rather than Christian. They want them to go by all the rules and rituals of the Jewish faith. But the disciples, when they met back in early places in the book of Acts, said, we're not going to require you to become Jewish these are Gentiles. You can't become Jewish. You're not ever going to be born by a Jewish mother. You know. Uh, it just doesn't work out that way. So, we're not going to require you to become Jewish and go through all the rituals and rites of circumcision and all the feasts and festivals and all the different things. You don't have to become Jewish. You don't have to have curls on the side of your head. You don't, you don't have to unshave your beard. You, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Uh, all you got to do is stay away from stuff offered idols and uh, keep yourself morally pure. You know, uh, Follow the Word of God, but you don't have to become Jewish. But there were people that were following Paul wherever he went. And Peter and, and uh, Apollos and the rest. They were following them around and saying, well, uh, how many of you have received Jesus? Well, you know, Jesus was a Jew. Oh, really? Yeah. That never came up in the conversation. He says, and here's what, what the scroll said you're supposed to do to be Jewish. And you can't be right with God unless you're making the sacrifices and, and doing all these other things. And they were trying to bring them back under the law that Jesus had just delivered them. The law was to be a schoolmaster to point them to Christ. Two more that I thought of real quick, Pastor, with J.R. and Joshua Neal. Yeah. To see these boys grow up. Yeah. And to see them now. To see them, them with a uh, working in areas of ministry and trying to do things in the work of the kingdom brings joy when we pray for them. It brings joy. And uh, it's uh, over the years, I was telling the the board. We've got a new missionaries going out that I knew their parents or their father and mother 
uh, of the guy, and uh, they were in my church, uh, did the wedding ceremony. He was in my youth group when I was in Maslin, and now the son and daughter-in-law are going to Uzbekistan as undercover missionaries. That brings me joy when I pray. Yes, brings me joy when I pray. <coughs> and uh, it's, so it, it's exciting to see what, what God is doing. And it brings us joy. We rejoice. We pray and rejoice. <coughs> and uh, we want to look at praying with joy. Praying with joy. It's a hard thing to do. <laughs> can, can I get a witness from somebody? Yes. We're going to look at Paul and see how he can recommend that to them. But I know personally, I uh, it's easy in the world today to become negative, and you can you can spot the negative pretty easy, right? You got to look a little harder for the things to rejoice in, and. Uh, you know, when you find yourself, your answer is always no, and you're just always on the negative, you need to need to step back a little bit and say, is there something here? If there be any virtue, we're going to cover that a little bit tonight, or maybe next week in the evening class. If there be, that's the last chapter. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these. Now, this, he's writing to the same group here, from prison. He said, get your mindset off of your circumstance and fix your mind on some things that bring joy. You're not ignoring the reality, but you're finding your hope in the joy and rejoicing in what Jesus is doing. How can Paul pray joyfully, joyously, while he's in prison in Rome? Okay, the joy of the Lord is his strength. He's, he uh, has a relationship with the Lord that even in those situations. And Tom? He's sold out. He's sold out. He's sold out. He's, he's, uh, he chooses what to focus on. Now, how many of you find it real easy to focus on the, the bad things that are happening all around? Any of you? Like me? Oh. Oh, look at that. Oh. But if there be anything that's praiseworthy, if there be anything, the letter to the Philippians is saying, if you're going to have joy, you've got to look in different places. <coughs> if you just look at the world around you, there's not a whole lot of joy going on. It's few and far between. Paul looked beyond what was happening to him and saw what God was doing through him. He looked beyond what was happening to him and focused on what God was doing through him. And we've talked about this before when we were looking at other places of Scripture. So don't tune me out here, but when Epaphroditus was there with, with uh, Paul, Paul's sitting in jail 
in prison, most likely in Rome. And because he spent a lot of time there before he died. And he's in chains. And he's writing letters and people are taking them different places. And a new prisoner comes in. And they sit him right next to Paul, chain him with the same chains. And so a conversation starts, right? I mean, wouldn't you strike up a conversation? I mean, what you do? What you do? And uh, he says, "What's your name?" He says, "Well, my name's Epaphroditus." He says, "Oh, I wouldn't shake your hand, but I got chains on. I, 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 my name's Paul." Oh. He said, uh, where are you from? Epi, where are you from? Colossae. And Paul said, Colossae. I know somebody. I've been to Colossae. I know a guy there. Uh, do, do you know, do you know so-and-so? Uh, uh, he said, Really? Yeah, he was my master. I ran away. I was his slave. Oh. You really got to, you, you really, the Lord brought me all this way to be chained up with a guy who knows Philemon, my master. And Paul doesn't let up. He begins to talk to him about Jesus. He says, it's not about what you did about what God wants to do. And there, in prison, Paul focused in on this young slave that obviously had messed up again about a thousand miles away from where he was from. And he wound up in prison chained to a guy who was going to lead him to Christ. And then in the, in the letter to Philemon, we find that that Paul refers him back. He says, hey, I'm sending him back to you. I want you to receive him not as a slave, but receive him as a brother in Christ. He's met Jesus. He's been real helpful to me here while he was here. He says, I, treat him like you treat me, Philemon. You just, just love all over him. We have every indication that that's what happened. Paul saw his position in the prison as a place of ministry. I've learned of whatever state I'm in, there to be content. And he found joy. What are some other ways that we find that, that Paul can write joyfully, joyously, while he's in prison, in chains? One thing he knows what he saw, what an experience in Christ. I mean, just think he's who saw and talked to him on that road. Yeah, on the Damascus Road. So he, he has a history with Jesus. Yeah, history, yeah. And uh, he's, he's one of those that's kind of making up for lost time. He was serving the wrong side there, <clears throat> and then he came to Jesus and he made up some time working for the Lord. So he has good memories of what God has done in the past and how he changed his life. What are some other possible reasons for Paul's joy and joyful attitude as he writes to the Philippians? Yes. He could think of all the people 
Rejoicing in other salvation. We read that all through the Philippian letter. He said, Okay, in chapter 1, verse 5, he said, Well, let me read it. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, verse 3, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So his joy comes seeing what the Lord had done from when he was chained in the bottom of a stinky prison cell. He's just changed locations. He's still in a prison cell, but look what the Lord has done. I love that old song. And you like that old song? Yes. Well, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. Each day is just the same. Come on and praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. How many of you know that song? Sing it like you know it. Brother Keen, brother Keen. I says, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He said, I was in your Bible study at Paysville Assembly of God. And now I'm working here at the airport in, in California. And it's, I'm still saved. I got my wife back. I got my family back. Look what the Lord has done. Brings us joy. Brought Paul joy. What God had been doing in that group of believers from the first day at the women's prayer meeting. Demon-possessed girl. Jailer. Earthquake. Family. Lydia. All those from that first day years down the road till now. Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Yes. Hallelujah. Short-sightedness is a curse to the believer. If we only look about what's going on right now, we're going to be negative. It's hard not to be. But look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Find some of those places to look at as, as Paul was doing I remember that first day. Church didn't look like much when we were having a, going to a women's prayer meeting by the riverbank. But look what's happened now. He's bragging on these believers in Philippi. He says, you're a strong church. I pray for you every day with joy over what God's done. Praise God. How can we pray with joy? How can we pray with joy? We can understand Paul. I mean, look at all his accomplishments and everything. But I don't think there's anybody here, uh, hopefully not, that would say, well, I've done that much. If you have, let us know about it. We'd like to hear. But uh, uh, most of us feel kind of puny next to Paul, don't we? Got the punies. But... uh, there's some things to praise Him for and be joyful about. I need somebody to read Romans 8, 26-30. We'll do that with Romans 8, 26-30. Okay, Sean's going to do it. Hallelujah. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, 
because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Mm. Thank you, Lord. And we know that all things work yes. Hallelujah. We love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Yes. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed oh, to yeah. the image of his son. Yeah. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom whom moreover whom he predestined, these he also called. Hallelujah. He called these he also justified. Yes. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. Hallelujah. We can pray with joy because of what we know. Yeah. With what we know. Um, you wonder, why do I have salvage dogs out there? Uh, on the, you know. Any of you ever watch that show, Salvage Dogs? It's on, uh, I forget what it's on, but it's uh, like Discovery Channel, things like that. Uh, it's a group that down in Virginia, and they go in and salvage buildings, uh, stuff out of buildings that you would think it's, boy, the place is just junk, it's falling down, it's not worth a hoot. And they'll go in and they'll they'll take off the door handles and they'll take the doors off. And, oh, look at this. They, they've salvaged churches and gotten stained glass windows. Well, that's pretty. But they'll, they'll get all kinds of things. And then they make things out of the salvage. And one particular time, the salvage dog, I mean, I look at the stuff and I see trash. But I'm, you know, I see trash. And he says, wow, look at that. And they went into an old barn and they salvaged the barn wood off of it. I can understand that. And they found this old, rusted out Harley Davidson motorcycle with no engine in it. And it was just a rust bucket. Just a rust bucket. And they told the person, I'll give you $50 for it. I thought he was overpaid. They took it out. They sandblasted it. They painted it. They cut it in half. And made wall art out of it. And went to a, a local restaurant that specialized in in uh, bike riders and whatever and sold it to them for $3,000. <laughs> How many would we give 50 bucks for it? Didn't look like much when they found it. Look what the Lord has done. We weren't much when he found us either. And if we think we were, we were mistaken. But he sees within us the value of what he can do. Now you look at, I, I've started two churches, been involved in starting two churches, and I got discouraged at times. Because I left a good church and all the different things that went along with it I was respected in town and had all kinds of, uh, had the ear of the mayor and all kinds of neat stuff going on. And uh, I went down to start one church. I went down to, to Reynoldsburg and we found a, found a house that had no air conditioning. 
It had to be one of the hottest summers in the planet. We started services inside our hot old house, and the Bible was sticking to our arms when we would read. And I'm looking around, and I'm saying, I left a thriving church. It didn't look like much. But then people started getting saved. And I met some people that are lifelong friends. And uh, some of them come to church here. Some of them used to come to church here before they went on to be with Jesus. And uh, lifelong friends. Look what the Lord has done. For joy and rejoicing. There's reason to pray with joy. Because we know what God can do with situations. It may not look like much now, but God can do some great things. God can change lives and touch lives. It's hard work, but we can learn to pray joyfully. But you've got to work at it. It's not, let me put it this way. You're not going to wake up one day and say, you know, I'm just going to pray joyfully. <laughs> you've got to work on it. You've got to work on it. How many of you have ever been told you need to work on your attitude? Anybody ever been told you need to work on your attitude a little bit? little attitude adjustment. It's totally unnatural to pray joyfully. We're, from the youngest age, we're kind of taught when you get in trouble, pray. When you're in a bad situation, pray. And this is true. But praying joyfully is something that you've got to experience and see the things that you have to be joyful about when you're praying, as Paul was doing. He was still in a prison. But he says, I remember the first day we had church. I remember what God did in your life. You know, I can't prove it, but I I have this, this anointed imagination. I kind of believe that some of the people that started off in the church are still in the church at Philippi. I believe when he's looking back, he's looking at, he's remembering Lydia. For all we know, a single businesswoman in a male-only business and yet, she welcomed him into her home. Just met him and fights him home because she invited Jesus into her heart. I believe he's writing back and when he's thinking about the church at Philippi, the Philippian believers, he knows many of them by name. He's thinking of Lydia. He's thinking, we don't even know the jailer's first name. But I bet Paul does. And I, I just kind of believe that that girl who was set free from demon power is a part of that Philippian church too. All right. Just have a hunch. Where else is she going to go? But she's got her family, her spiritual family. So, let me... Yeah. That's my warning on there that my software is messed up. You know, I really ought to get new software. But have you noticed it's a little expensive? 
But you're joyful that thing you got. I'm, I'm, I'm joyful. I'm, boy, I'm praising God for that. That new screen up there. I need somebody to read John 16.24 for me. John 16.24. Oh, uh, uh, Jim is going to do it. That's John 16. John 20. First John? Yeah, first John 16. No. And then, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before, while you're getting there, make sure he's there. I'm there. Okay. I need somebody to read Psalm 1611. I got it. You got it. Okay. Nehemiah 810. Okay, Mary Lou's got it. And then have somebody ready with Acts 16.25. Tom's got it. Okay. Now we'll go back here. Everybody got the, your, your assignments here? Okay. Let me go back to John 16.24. You say, well, what does this have to do with anything? I'm trying to get how to pray joyfully. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Well, full joy can come when we see prayer answered. Amen? Amen? When we see, you know, think back of some prayer that you've, you've prayed and you've seen it answered. And it brings you joy. Just a warm glow on the inside. You prayed and, and God heard your prayer. And answered your prayer Amen. and did something supernatural. I, I think back and I start thinking about answered prayers and situations that look totally unbelievable. No way, but God answered prayer. Yeah. Hallelujah. It can put some joy in your heart. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then. Psalm 1611. Uh, thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is the fullness of joy. The right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. Spending time in the presence of the Lord. We've been talking about that on Sunday morning, having face-to-face, one-on-one encounters with God. But also corporate encounters, when we gather and praise God and we we come into His presence, we, we come, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. It, it, there's a joy that comes when you get into the presence of God. When you see God moving and working, see God doing special things in people's lives, people responding and being open to Him. Uh, in, the, in His presence, there's fullness of joy. If you're having trouble with your joy meter, uh, it's on the low side, get into the presence of the Lord. Find opportunity to get into the presence of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. All right. They had just gotten back from exile in Babylon. 
And they were poor people coming back to a impoverished area. They were rebuilding the walls and they had found the ancient scrolls of the Word of God on top of the ruined Temple Mount. And they built a pulpit of wood and Ezra the scribe stood up and he read it for a fourth part of the day and the people wept and praised God and, and this joy of the Lord can be your strength. We can find strength and joy in the Lord through His Word. How many of you know that to be true? Even just today. The Word of God brings joy to our hearts. The, the presence of the Lord brings joy to our hearts. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And there's two main ways to interpret that verse. And it doesn't matter which way you do it. Both of them work. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That God being happy with you puts you in a strong position. Amen? When you bring joy to the heart of Jesus. Whew. And the joy of the Lord that comes into our life is our strength as well. So whichever way you interpret it, the Lord's joy that comes to us or giving joy to the Lord like Paul was saying, you bring me joy every time I think of you. Every time I pray for you. And these are some of the ways to pray with joy. Watch your prayer life. Watch complaining. When you think of complaining, what group of people comes to mind? The children of Israel, they moan, they complain, murmur, murmur, murmur. Doesn't matter what the Lord did, He could send down man and they complained that they had to eat the same thing. And then, then He'd send down quail and they complained they had to go out and pick them up and cook them. And then he'd send water from a rock that followed them and they complained it was such a long walk to the rock. And they'd complain because you can't hardly see the sun out here in the desert when he was covering them with a cloud of protection to keep them cool. And you couldn't see the stars at night because he's got that flame of fire covered them, keep them warm. Complain, 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 complain. Give us your line, uh, Grace, that you shared with the one sister who, we were in Israel, and it was her roommate at the time, years and years ago, and uh, the person could not find anything in Israel to be happy about. And Grace came down and told me that she told her this. Go ahead. You would complain if they hung you with a new rope. <laughs> you would complain if they hung you with a new rope. <laughs> Find something negative about it. But uh, there's some people like that. And we need to watch because it's an easy trap to walk into. Yes, it is. Because we do live, as we read earlier, in a crooked and perverse world. Boy, that's a truth. 
But it's easy to focus on that and not see any joy of what God's doing in the midst of it. Are you still saved, even though the world's messed up? Amen. How many of you are still saved? Amen. How many of you are going to heaven? Amen. How many of you are ready to go if the trumpet's out of right now? How many would be excited about getting a new body and a new life? You've got something to be joyful about. Yeah, we're not ignoring the reality of the negative things around us, but we need to begin to learn to pray joyfully and expectantly. And the last tells us that in that Philippian jail, that's where this verse happens, it was midnight, there was no light on in the prison. They're in the lowest part of the stinky prison. They're not given food and water. It's only what people bring them. They've been beaten. Their backs are laid wide open with a rod. They're in chains. They're hurting. And yet, Acts 16, 25 happens. Who had that? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. All right. They were praying and singing praises to God at the midnight hour. They could have been focused upon what was happening to them, but they chose to focus on what God was going to do through them. Joy. This Philippian letter is all about joy in the midst of whatever's going on in your life. And it's a different perspective. Paul, is he out of prison? No, he's still in prison. He's just in a different location. He's in a new prison. He's in a different prison. He's never going to get out of this one. In the Philippian letter, he said, well, I'm hoping to come to you. He never does. He never gets back with them. He dies up there in Rome. But he has joy because what God has done, what God has promised for answered prayer, all of those things for lives that have been touched and changed. Praying and praising with joy. We're going to stop there today. Only one prayer principle. I think it's a big one. It's something we all need to work on. Well, I'm just saying I need to work on it. Because it's easy to become discouraged and distraught and frustrated and overwhelmed. It is for me. And... Uh, The one person wrote, I used to complain about the, the style of my shoe until I saw someone that had none. Uh, you know, we, we need to find that focus that Paul was able to find in the midst of prison, persecution, pain. There is a joy of the Lord yes. that is our strength.
Praise God. Praise God. And if you're interested in doing some more study in Philippians, we're doing it tonight at 7 o'clock. Praise God. We're in the fourth chapter. Uh, prayer request today. Um, I'd like you to. Yes? To remember my brother in law in Kentucky. He, he's a godly man. He's a minister. He's in ICU right now. He's not breathing good. You say Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah.
in Israel. They're a little low on the rain schedule. Uh, every day in the Jewish prayer book, they pray for rain for Israel. Because it, it, if it gets too low, uh, salt springs will ruin the Sea of Galilee. Have to keep the rain coming and the melted snow. So be praying for Israel for a number of regards. Well, let's uh, let's go to prayer. And could we have a few lead us out in prayer today and take these matters before the Lord and and pray with joy, rejoice in the fact of what God has done, what God can do. Yes. yes Don't look yes. so much about your situation, but what what is happening to you, but what God can do through you. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Lord, for the joy you put down in our heart, Lord. The joy of knowing you, spirit and truth. The joy of your word, Lord, which is a lamp unto our feet. The joy... Um, our brothers and sisters that can come to you, Lord, you can lift us up, Lord. We thank you for the man of God, Lord. Touch him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Keep the angels round about him as he travels upon the highway, Lord. Look down at that sister, Lord. Touch your eyes, Lord. We ask that you look down upon all our brothers and sisters, Lord, that is sending up prayers before thee. Lord, we are a thankful people. Thankful that we know you. Thankful that you brought us out of the miry clay and set our feet on that solid rock. Thank you for knowing the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and kindness and mercy and the many, 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 many blessings you bestowed upon your people, Lord. Look down upon my brothers and sisters down on the highway, Lord. The board of the Lord. Keep our hand upon them. Give them a safe journey, Lord. And bring souls to them as they're traveling to We give you praise and glory in that wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise this wonderful name. Anybody remember that old children's song? The joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 He gives me living water, and I thirst no more. He gives me living water, and I thirst no more. 